What's up? Welcome to Web3 for Basic Bitches. I'm your host, Vanessa. And I'm Claudia. And today we're going to learn all about what the fuck is blockchain and demystify everything that you already know. What the fuck is it? Yeah. Before we get into that, let's do a little check-in. How are you feeling, Vanessa? I'm feeling pretty good. We recorded this episode actually last night and ran into a lot of technical difficulties. Yeah, we didn't anticipate recording in a van without stable Wi-Fi. Uh, and no, hotspots don't count for this. Yes, and needing certain adapters. It's a new day, It's there's a daylight and we've got this amazing location in La Jolla. We're right at the cove yeah. and you can't see Doors are on. wide open. Yeah see the ocean just right out there. I can't say I'm having a bad day when this is my view. That's true. Your check-in, Claudia, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm a little overwhelmed just because of all the technical (laughs) issues that we've had, but it's all a learning experience. That's just what I have to remember. It's just gonna get better. We'd love to know also how our audio works this time. If, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. You can, you you can, can notice our fancy little microphones here that we got. Thank you, Best Buy, for having them. A shout out, Best Buy. What makes you a basic bitch? Today? Yeah. Uh, well, I am wearing a Patagonia vest. Yeah, I think that's pretty... Say. Yeah, that's, I haven't seen many people wear Patagonia. I think Lulu. I see... Yeah, I see a lot of Lulu uh, Viori. Viori, which Viori. I am wearing. Head to toe. Head to toe. My sports bra, my leggings. Oh, your shorts are Viori. (laughs) You're also repping. I'm also repping. Got my nice little Starbucks coffee. Yeah, where's mine? Uh, That I like spilled halfly on my hand earlier. That was a moment. (laughs) That was a moment. We were freaking out. Honestly, like it. Obviously, you can tell she only has one arm, so. Yeah, one, one arm for one more week. Next week, I get my arm back. So for the next episode, you'll still see me in a sling. But the episode after that, I'll be pretty stiff. Yeah. yeah. But maybe I will be able to put on a bra without asking a stranger at the gym. Mm. Thank you, woman, that kind woman at the La Jolla Lifetime Fitness. This is for you. Okay, let's get into it. So into it. I'll go over the outline. Okay. Because that was some feedback we got that we should add. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start with introduction to the blockchain. How does a blockchain work? Current use cases, future use cases, and that's it. We'll conclude and do a recap. Let's get started. Blockchain. In your own words, Claudia, what is a blockchain? The way that makes the most sense to me is thinking of the blockchain as a digital notebook. It's a digital notebook that has records of transactions from around the world and it's public. Fascinating. How would you define the blockchain? I think of a blockchain of a network of computers that are all connected. So think of a Wi-Fi system and you have like computers that connect to this network, right? But on this blockchain network, all the computers that are connected all agree on the same state of data that exists. Can I give an example, my favorite example to use when I'm talking about the blockchain? She knows already. Yeah. Google Sheets. We're going to talk about a Google Sheet. A Google Sheet, for those who don't know, is an Excel spreadsheet, but lives on the Google Cloud family. The way it performs like a blockchain is, let's say I have a Google Doc and I decide to share it with Claudia and give her editing permissions. And so she can view this data that is on a network. And in this case, it's on a Google server, but that's not the point. It's 
a document a document that exists on a network that Claudia can view and she can also add data to this document. So this is kind of like the blockchain is how I like to think about it as. It's a just decentralized distributed digital ledger. Those are a lot of Ds. Yeah, and triple D. I, triple D. L. <laughs> decentralized distributed digital ledger. Perfect. Let's get to how it works. Vanessa, do you wanna start? Well, I guess first let me preface. It's gonna be very technical and then I'll summarize after just to get used to some of the words that you'll, you might hear. How does a blockchain actually work? Well, it all starts with encryption. Encryption. Let's start with encryption. Claudia, do you know how passwords are encrypted? No. Cool, let me show you how it's done. Okay. So we're gonna go on this website and what I'm gonna do here is pull up a SHA-256 hash function. This is actually good. I'm more of a visual learner, so it, it helped me a lot seeing this. Cool. Um, for what you need to know for this example, SHA-256 is a name of a hash function. So just, yeah. you can call it a hash function for now. And a hash function is what we're about to do. So in this example, you see that there's a text box that is your input right below whatever you get out your output will be your hash that's okay. what we call your hash so let's type in password love that love that yeah i know that i have a password one two three like you know we all have those passwords but the hash is this long sequence of just numbers and letters fucking random yeah it is super random now let's try adding a one to that oh, now what does that look like completely different yeah. than password super different and you probably wouldn't be able to determine what the input would have been with this output or hash that we call it right no. yeah not no right exactly all right now let's try another one does that look any closer than like what what it would be okay now i want to ask you if you had to somehow create an algorithm to solve this hash i'm gonna how would i create the <laughs> algorithm <laughs> Like you want ChatGPT? <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Millionaire, phone a friend. You know what? Phone we're gonna someone. We're gonna close that door. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna come back to it at another episode. All right. I'm like on the verge of tears. <laughs> I like cannot. Can you even create an algorithm? an algorithm to try and figure this shit out? No. Let me land the plane here. Thank you. All right. We've got this yeah. encryption tool. We can throw in any word and let's try Vanessa. Now we try Vanessa and we get a different hash. And now if I try Claudia, we get a different hash too. Now it's a different hash. But look, I don't know if you noticed what my hash was, but if I go back to Vanessa, it's that same hash as before. So, so it's like being, it's, it looks like it's linked to the one before. Linked to the input. Linked to the input. Yes. So let's pretend you had a spreadsheet of all these hashes. Who loves spreadsheets? You know what? The life world, she loves spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are the best. It's a fact. So let's if pretend- like gets her a spreadsheet pillow. Going back to this example of encryption, let's pretend you have a spreadsheet and it has a list of a bunch of hashes with the associated input. So one side you're seeing like password, password one, Jameson, Claudia, Vanessa, and then the other side it's like zero X E blah, and then the next one is 
four, three, law. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we've got this encryption mechanism happening and this encryption creates a hash. So this is very important because this hash, now bringing it back to blockchain, we have this data, right? We can call this text that I inputted data. This data gets encrypted through the encryption tool and now I get a hash. On the Bitcoin network, which is runs off of the proof of work consensus. It's a lot of words, just, you know. Put an anchor on that. Take your time with this, take it, yeah. take, take your time. So we've got these blocks, we've got these hashes, and now we have computers trying to, to solve this puzzle, this hash puzzle. There are computers that try to solve the puzzle. Yes and the computers are developing this algorithm, like spitting out, trying to solve this puzzle. What they're actually doing is they're changing the nonce of the data. Okay, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> changing the what? The, no the nonce. The nonce? Yeah, N-O-N-C-E. It's, it's on a block every time the block gets created. This is new information to me, so. We're all learning here. So, <laughs> The computers are solving. Yes, they're competing to solve the hash first. And whenever this hash gets solved, the way this computer tells the network, yo, I solved this. Like, mm -hmm. I like, won. I'm the winner. I'm the winner. Yeah. Like, how, like, how are they determined to be the winner? A plus B equals C. <laughs> That's exactly the <laughs> algorithm that they're trying to solve. <laughs> At least give us some, like, I don't know, division or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah exponents. Yeah. But, parentheses, PEMDAS. <laughs> <laughs> the computers, so yeah, they, they're over here like, I solved the hash. Yeah. The network, so all the other computers that are connected, all the computers have to be like, we trust you, we trust you, because when you're adding a block to the blockchain, every block has the previous hash information in the block. They're all connected. Let's say they're all linked together. They're all linked they're together. They're all linked together. They're all chained together. Yes. So they're all chained together. And then once the network validates it, they say, yes, this info is correct. We can add it to the blockchain. Then the computers are able to add a new blockchain. And in return, they are rewarded in rewards by the transaction fee or the network fee or the native cryptocurrency. So in that example, I talked about the computers and adding a block to the chain, but I wouldn't give you actual technical terms. So these computers that we're talking about, these are called the miners. And the process of adding a new block to the blockchain, that's called mining. So when people are saying, yo, I'm mining Bitcoin, what they're doing is they're running a computer and they're competing for this hash puzzle to get it correct, and then getting added to the blockchain, therefore, earning Bitcoin if that's the network they're on. Claudia, can you give that info back to us in a more condensed, organized way? Yeah, I'd love to. So going back to my example of the digital notebook uh, or digital diary, that's more fun. Okay, so picture a digital diary. Each page of the diary represents a block. And on these blocks, there's writing on it, which is record or transactions of previous... Previous hashes. Previous hashes, yes. Now, I'm trying to add a new transaction and I need to check with everyone 
meeting computers. The network. I need to check with the network before I add a new transaction, before I, I you know, write something new in the record. These computers have to solve what, they have to find what the hash is. So they have to solve this complex equation and try and figure it out. But the computers are like spitting out these equations, just, you know, shooting out these random long ass sequence of numbers. And eventually there's one that's like, hey, got it right. And so they check with the rest of the network to show their work. So we're talking about proof of work right now to prove that they solved it. And then there's a consensus of at least 51% saying like, oh yeah, you did it. And that miner gets rewarded. The new page or the block is added to the rest of the chain. So the page is put in the diary. <laughs> the page goes in the diary is happy. <laughs> All right. So yeah, okay. So I, I really like the way you explain that because I think seeing it like talking about data is just very like abstract and i think thinking of writing text on an actual diary page people can actually see that but i think one important note to also remember is that the data gives us a hash now imagine that this diary on every single page after the first page there's a hash that is relevant to the previous page yeah they're all connected yes they're all connected yeah and how like this is a connection that people call the oh the chain yeah cool so that's how the blockchain works explained hopefully that made sense if it didn't make sense if it didn't you know my our bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're really trying we're really trying yeah. or what have you heard that helps you visualize it or helps you understand what the blockchain is i like to visually see it and it's taken me a while to be able to get to this point yeah. to where like you can talk about it technically and I am starting to understand like I have a better idea as to what it is and like what I'm seeing that's true I mean I think a lot of it too comes down to like you've been listening to a lot of more a lot more podcasts about the matter and I think that's something I would encourage everyone in is if you really are interested in web theory and you want to actually learn this stuff I mean, yeah, our show is great, but you should definitely watch other things too. You should just kind of immerse yourself in the term, the terminology, because... Or TED Talks. There's a lot of really good TED Talks. So, yeah, never stop learning. Let's move on and think about some current use cases of where blockchain is being used. I feel like blockchain got really popular because it was in the white papers with when Bitcoin was released in 2008, but blockchain's been around since 1991. And obviously it's evolved and grown since then. I thought it'd be really cool if we talked about those current use cases. Let's do it. Yeah, Claudia, do you wanna take us into that first use case of blockchain in today's world? Yes, so the first use case is in supply chain management. IBM, which is a computer manufacturer, has partnered with Exceed, which does something with blockchain. I think it's like data software or something like that. But, <laughs> they are partnering together with Renault, which is a like automotive car manufacturer who have their own F1 team, which is now called Alpine, but who gives a fuck? But also watch F1 because that's fucking cool. 
they are helping Brunel with their supply chain management. Yes, with their supply chain management. Renault is known for their cars and the cars are getting more complex. Um, their supply chain management is just getting longer and longer and the need to you know, have these pieces in places all over the world, like the demand is very high. What IBM and Exceed are striving to do is to make it so that you can see the production, you can see like where this, I was gonna give an example of something that a car needs, but I don't know. A tire? Where a tire is. You're waiting for that tire and it's in fucking, you know, across the country. And you can see exactly where it is, where it's being dropped off, like the current place of it. Yes. Okay, how is that different than like a, a normal supply chain management software in today's world? Honestly, I don't know. It says Exceed will help reduce cost and waste. I don't know how. Um, provides real-time tracking to product as they move to each stage. I liked how the lady was talking. I'll leave a link if you're like super interested about looking at it, but I thought it was cool that, you know, they're trying. <laughs> yeah, I think trying is the main point here, yeah. which, um, yeah, let's move into the next use case. Next use case is really cool. The identity verification with Estonia. Estonia's citizens have had a digital identity for years. Their country is very, very digitally friendly. And honestly, I'm pretty sure since the 90s, but like since 2001 was when they started implementing this digital identity. In 2007, there was a cybersecurity attack, so they revamped uh, their security. So now they have some you know, backup data in another country. These citizens have access to all of their paperwork, doctor's visits, uh, things that they own, fucking tickets. <laughs> yeah, like, it's super, everything. yeah, super forward. So what does that mean by like a digital identity? They hold the card to all their personal information. Because the system in the US, we have to go through a lot of middlemen to be able to get the information that we want. Whereas- You mean like the DMV? Yes, like the DMV. Like we have to stand in line for hours. We have to try and schedule ourselves to go to the DMV and then stand there. And if we want to get, I used to work in healthcare. If we, if patients are trying to get information, you know, medical records from the doctor, they have to wait until they are discharged or they have to sign up for a service. And even then, like some information is delayed. Whereas in Estonia, it's all digital. And so these citizens are able to have their history, their medical history, their automotive history. That kind of freaks me out though, because I don't like that it's a central entity that has all of this information. But the central entity is not what's giving people permission to use it. There's an uh, officer or a doctor that's requesting to see, you know, what this person has gone through or trying to find certain things. Like, it needs to be approved by the person. So you have to consent to people seeing yes. your data. Okay, I do like that because I, I know there's a lot of uh, discussion over whether or not health records should be on the blockchain. But I personally think that it should be. 
and that it should be a, a permissioned network. Yeah. It should not, obviously, like nobody, not everyone should have access to my health records, but right. I definitely want my doctors to have the records because it's really annoying having to fill out that same form with the same questions about your your health, yeah, your history of any surgeries you've had. And it's just, it seems like such a way to waste time. And it's definitely a place how you can definitely be efficient. What's the next example? <laughs> The next oh, yeah. example is real estate. So we'll talk about property. So property strives to automate real estate. <laughs> the average person moves a handful of times. Okay. And even buying a house, the amount of paperwork that's involved is ridiculous. The amount of time that it takes in order to, or like the people you have to be talking to, you, you need notarized signatures. Yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah. It's just, it's not convenient. Like I just think of like, you like people have it's jobs, stressful. you know, people have lives to do. And then like running around, making sure you've got the right person, the right signature, the right witness. It's a mess. Proppy is changing that. They're putting everything on chain, which makes the titles and the deeds go a lot faster. Yeah. So Proppy is another example of a company using blockchain technology. What they're doing is they're, I guess they're, uh, they're maximizing efficiency when doing property dealings. They're doing digitalized titles. They are removing the middlemen that you need in order to be able to buy property. And I think that's really cool to see. I'd like to see it more. What is it, the next and final real life example of what we're seeing blockchain today? We see it in charity use cases. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, Claudia? Sure. Sure. <laughs> So UNICEF is using the blockchain to make it transparent on who's donating and where the donations are going. And they have three goals for this. They want to find new ways to be able to use the donations and help those in need. They're increasing the efficiency and transparency of the funds that are being moved. And they want to create and keep an open source market of these public goods of what's being done yeah i think that's super super cool and interesting because i think in a charity spectrum like people are a little bit sus when they ask you like hey do you want to donate to saint careful <laughs> i was just saying these these people in high places All right. you're trying to donate somewhere you just want to make sure like it's, it's going to the person in need. It's like not going to this like third party entity where they'll take. Okay, so we donated our hair. Right. We donated our hair. Did it actually get to the people that needed the hair? Or I mean, I didn't see proof, but. <laughs> <laughs> but someone's got my hair. <laughs> All right, so we talked about some current use cases. I'm curious though, what about future use cases when it comes to blockchain? And this is a big problem because if you don't have proof that you own something, I mean, are you ever going to really want to fix it up? Are you ever really going to care how your neighborhood looks like? Are you ever going to put effort into what you have and really build and grow something when anybody can just take it away? Nobody, it's, it's not yours. So I think that would be a really cool use case to see that in like second world countries, second or third world. Second one, I want to see ticketing on the blockchain. I am so tired of paying Ticketmaster over 30% of service fees. It's insane. It's so it expensive. It is insane. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll get this ticket. Yeah, and tickets then are 29 bucks. Like, twice right. as, three times as much. 
it's crazy. Like two tickets that are $29. You're just thinking like, all right, cool. Like 60 bucks. You go to check out. It's like $97. You need a service fee for every fucking ticket. Like I'm doing it in one transaction, but this is annoying. And there's a lot of cool benefits that you also get with NFT ticketing. The NFT, NFT ticketing. ticketing. Well, NFT ticketing, because that's how it would work, right? Oh. Because you avoid. So right now, if you're trying to buy a ticket from someone, you go to Craigslist, you go to OfferUp, mm. and oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. When you get the ticket, you're when like you're buying it, outside, the show starts at nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, please don't be fake. Yeah, please. But if it's on the blockchain, you can verify that this is from the same contract where the ticket originated from. So you can trace it back. Like it's not like you can't counterfeit an NFT. You can always find it where it came. You can always find the origin of it. So NFT ticketing would be really cool to see because you avoid the service fees and you can also have like the validity that it's true. And also the artists or performers can also see and know who the ticket holders actually attended the event. You don't really have that data right now with regular probably like customize what the tickets look like or oh, 100%. who gets access or you know if you get certain cool perks cool perks yeah. with it another use case i like to see is social media we really want to see this blow up on social media let's talk why we want to see it on a blockchain versus a web 2 like way like we have it now with like instagram or tiktok number one you can get booted off these platforms we've seen many people on these social media platforms get deplatformed for having an opinion. I mean, you you might not like their opinion, but it's free speech, you know? Yeah. I don't think we should be like taking people off their platforms yeah, because we don't like what they're hearing. Because I mean, I'm sure I say a lot of things and have a lot of opinions that other people wouldn't like, but who are they to tell me to fuck off, you know? With social media being on the blockchain, you take that distributed power that Google has, that Meta has, and you distribute that power across all these nodes, across the whole network. So I think social media on blockchain is going to be really interesting. I mean, we're already seeing it happening now. Like we're on LensTube, but what's up, Lens? What's up, Ave? Oh, sponsor us! I got your shirt on. Sponsor us! Yeah. yeah. Wait. You can't. Your arm. No, I have a little thing here. Oh, the ghost. Ronnie, show Ronnie. Y'all want to see Ronnie? Yeah, a little nip slip, please. There she is. Just the flower crown. She's right here. You, you, you know what's under the shirt. There she is. There's her eye. <laughs> but yeah, so social media yeah, on blockchain is really cool, is going to be very cool. I think a lot of this just kind of comes down to the onboarding into the blockchain space. And right now for a typical user, that wallet account is like, there's too much involved. Like too much responsibility is on the user. However, I think that's something new that we have to start educating ourselves on. Like it is really nice that you don't have to manage anything in your life. It is so nice, but we can see how this management under the wrong hands can really hurt us, can really hurt our society. We have an option to do something else. So I think it's worth the time and effort to at least experiment in the blockchain. We have the option to learn from it. Yeah. And like how you were saying, there are people who take advantage of it and try and centralize the system and it just bites them in the ass. And that's an opportunity to learn. So let's go over the conclusion and recap everything that we've learned. So what is the blockchain? The blockchain is 
a digital ledger that gets validated by consensus. How does the blockchain work? The blockchain is a network of computers that all agree on the state of data. Cool. How does the blockchain work, Claudia? The blockchain works by adding blocks to the blockchain. The blockchain works by adding blocks to the chain. That's blockchain. Boom. <laughs> done. We're done. 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 Next. No, but for real though, you've learned about how the blockchain works. Yeah, you can just honestly go back and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's our next point? The way the blockchain works, you want to remember three key features. The first feature is that it's secure. Yeah. And how is it secure? Secured by encryption. Okay. The second point is transparency. And it's transparent because it is public. You can see all the transactions that have been done and there's a digital record. And it's decentralized. So anybody is able to run the computer on their own and have a copy of the blockchain. So anybody has access to it, it's public. And lastly, it's immutable, yeah. which means it can't be changed. And it can't be changed because of consensus. Because consensus, remember, is the network agreeing upon the state of data. So if you change it, the network is gonna be like, nah, this is invalid and it will not let you do it. Well, that's about it. Thanks for watching What The Fuck Is Blockchain. And make sure you follow us on all the things. Well, let's show you what we go on. If you're wondering what backstage looks like, Yes. Shout out Jameson. What's up? He just woke up from his nap. He hates the camera, honestly, so. <laughs> he said stop. Thanks for watching. We're Web3 for Basic Bitches. And stay tuned until next week. Stay tuned. See you next week. Bye.